Howdy, friends. This is Annie Fonte, and you are listening to the Badass Soul Seeking Warrior podcast. On each episode, I chat with a different guest and ask them to share their stories about what they were doing before they decided to redesign their life, what they're doing now, and how they navigated through the challenges and events in their life to get to where they are today. What realizations and transformations did they experience? What fears did they overcome? And ultimately, how did they create a life that they love? Hello, everyone. I'm really looking forward to the conversation today with my guest. Her name is Jeannie Andreessen, and she graduated from DePaul University in 2011. Shortly thereafter, almost immediately thereafter, she went to work in the financial services arena and was promoted five times. And nine years later, was feeling a little anxious, not anxious I, I, in the research I've done, but unsettled. And toward the end of last year, decided to start digging around and seeing if there was another opportunity for her to use her skills. And she ended up taking a job with a tech company and her first day was Friday, the 13th of March. I don't know if that had anything to do with how it laid out from there, but three weeks later, due to what we've all experienced with COVID, she was laid off from that company and found herself not exactly sure what she was going to do next. So Jeannie, thank you so much for joining us today. I think this conversation is timely for a lot of reasons. I appreciate you carving out some time because you are now an entrepreneur. I am. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to share my story and hope that it inspires other people. Yes, because the Badass Soul Seeking Warrior podcast is all about creating a life we love. And from the research I did a year ago, you were the youngest member of a management team. You were sitting at a board table in a boardroom on the 46th floor of a beautiful office building in downtown Chicago with windows that you could see this city where you reside. And it sounds to me like you had some questions about what you were doing, at least in your vocation side of your life. And we're feeling a little unsettled and maybe a little lacking of fulfillment. So take us from there and talk to us about what happened over the next 60, 90 days. Yeah. I mean, you absolutely captured what I was feeling. I had a fantastic position at a company that I really did love. I mean, I'd been there for nine years um, with people who I enjoyed working with, but feeling like there has to be something out there for me. And I know inside something else I, I am meant to do. And I didn't know what it was necessarily. I had a hunch, I guess I would say at the time, I had a hunch. Um, I was grateful to be in a position where I had, I was leading a team of maybe five or six employees at that time. Um, I loved doing it. I loved leadership. Management is tough, but leadership, it's from within. Um, And I really loved leading. And I, with my experience with my employees and how I've been able to pour into them throughout the years and seeing how they have grown, I would say, and and into who they are, young professionals and the way that they would own their positions with just a different type of confidence, I would say than other people made me feel like I was doing something right. 
So at a, at that point, I felt like, okay, I had, I've led for this long and I wanted, I needed, I wanted to lead at a higher level. And I didn't know what that was going to look like at all. I just knew that with nine years there and such a family that I had surrounding me, I had roots that were very, very tough to dig up and like pull myself out of. And I knew to do so, I was going to have to do something very different. And I ended up hiring a coach because I didn't know how to express where I wanted to go next. I just knew I needed somebody that was going to listen, like help me identify what I'm feeling, listen to me, and then help me take action on it. And more or less, I just started really getting clear on a different direction in which I wanted to go and then made that move to go in that other direction, which at that time ended up just being a recruiting role in a different industry. But what mattered most to me in that moment is I've, I have ripped myself of my identity of being this associated with this company or associated with this position. And once I was able to do that, it's amazing how almost malleable I was afterwards, but it was, I really had to change my environment in order to feel like I could now almost be who I wanted to be. If that, if that helps. <laughs> sure. Let's, let's talk about, because you brought up a key point there. Oftentimes I believe in our lives, whether it's our professional or vocational life or personal life, we get attached to a certain identity and you just stated that you had done that. What process did you do or what coaching helped you get past that you identified as this leader of this great group of people that you were very happy with and yet you were unfulfilled? How did you back yourself out of that to create a new opportunity for yourself? Yeah, I mean, even when I think about that, like my response to that is I was still attached to a different, like to an identity when I made the career switch. So when I made the career switch, I had a great position. I received a great offer and accepted it with a company that was very up and coming, like a hot company that people when that were familiar with it thought it was like really cool. So here I am still making this transition into something that it wasn't the same, but it still felt similar that I had a prominent title, I guess I would say with like a company that was respected and people were excited to see them grow. So I feel like the only identity change that really occurred between the, between that transition was accepting that I needed to go somewhere else and craving being associated with a, with a new identity um, so that all of a sudden people could see me, I guess I would say different. They finally saw me as somebody that wasn't in one, like with the same place forever. It was upon losing my job that I had my almost miniature, I would say, identity crisis. And then asked myself who I was and what I wanted at a time when I could, in my opinion, and how I really feel to this day, be anybody that I want to be and who did I want to be uh I put myself out there and became that so yeah. let's swing back around to that we so you leave your nine-year position <laughs> start with this up and coming uh, tech company tech company 
and you're excited about that and you are called to your daily team meeting one day and you thought you were going to talk about daily team meeting things and instead what did you talk about? Uh, I was met with my boss and the chief of staff who never joins our weekly meetings and it occurred to me immediately that I am losing my job. So they communicated to you that they, because of COVID, they weren't able to be able to keep you on board and you were laid off. Correct. How did that feel? Oh my gosh. Because um, a lot of people went through this and I want, the, yeah. one of the reasons I want to have this conversation with you today is a lot of people went through this really upsetting and disruptive change in their life almost overnight, many people. Yep. And so I want to talk through that and what you learned and how you managed to navigate yourself through that it was like 40 miles of rough road, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, how did I feel in the moment? So I probably like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very difficult conversation to receive, to be on the other end of. It's something that has never crossed my mind before. And I don't, I mean that with a healthy ego in terms of like, I've had success and I left a position where I could have been there for another nine years is how I, is how I say it. And here I was being told that I wasn't needed anymore. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was a, it was a large pill to swallow is, you know, I don't mean to be so cliche, but it was. And a lot of thoughts were going through my mind. I'm really proud to say I, I didn't cry. Like that's something that's important to me. Maybe I had like a tear, but I really, I didn't cry or sob or anything like that because also what I had thought, and my heart goes out to people who have been, who have given their hearts to a company for a very long time and lose their job because what was going through my mind is I am a very disposable employee and I understand what's going on. I had been, I was still onboarding. I hadn't stepped foot in that office once um, as an employee. And because of that, if they were to look at their pieces of their spreadsheets and said, who needs to go? Whose salary do we need in our budget? You know, I was a very easy person to cut. And for that reason, I understood why it was happening and I didn't fight back on it. But I, I mean, it was hard. I absolutely asked the question as I was being let go, if this all goes away in a few months, because we didn't know what this was going to be. Right. So I asked the question, if this all goes away in a few months, will you hire me back on? And they said, we'd absolutely consider that. And I thought like, okay, cool. So it wasn't me. And, and I think that's what everyone needs to recognize right now is that this isn't you. This is, if you lose your job to COVID, I mean, not, it's, you're not losing your job because of you. You're losing it because this is a time that many companies did not plan for and never saw coming. And yes. they're doing the best that they can. And I can speak from the employer side of that conversation. It was hard. I'm an entrepreneur and we had to do a lot of pivoting and navigating through losing 75% of our business overnight, gone. And that wow. is truly something that I think even if one plans for, 
that's hard to recover for from with the best plans in place. Yeah. So I appreciate what you said as somebody who might have experienced that. I don't know what's forthcoming with this. I hope we get a vaccine and some treatment methods in place soon so we can all feel a little bit more at ease and take yeah. a deep breath of sigh of relief. However, it's easy, I think, because you're in such a vulnerable position to plug into something's wrong with me, that I wasn't good enough, a lot of oh. that unworthiness starts to bubble up. And so I appreciate what you said to the listeners is, you know, it's one of the four agreements. Don't take this personally. This is a, a situation that's hard on both sides of the fence. And you have people on the employer side of the fence that I'm sure those people didn't want to have that conversation with you that day any more than you wanted to hear what they had to say to you. Totally. And I felt that too. I felt it. And I mean, I'm my boss at the time, you know, my boss of a month, it, to, it was via Zoom. So to like see her face and have her communicate these messages to me, I all, I know that this isn't what anybody wanted or what they expected. I didn't feel duped or tricked or anything like that. They genuinely needed me as an employee one month before as they had too much to manage with one other recruiter and they needed another one. Right. And that's all I can say. It's like, there we can't, it's, you know, we can't, be belaboring the point more than it happened and it's happening and it's hard on everybody and right. people have to make some really tough choices that they never thought they'd have to make. So you had, I'm sure, a fistful of emotions on the other side of that conversation and a lot of questions in your own mind. What emotions did you have and how did you start to manage those so you could, in a really positive, appropriate yeah way that served you move forward yes so after the zoom conversation after we hung up um i called a handful of people you know i called my my boyfriend i called my parents uh and it was in delivering the news to them that i started crying because it's almost like it's easier to deal with but when you have to speak it it makes it really real and then you know you almost are ex experiencing the emotions of what you should be feeling versus like almost what you want to be feeling <laughs> so anyways i had you know i definitely cried that day i had a kind of a few hours i guess i should say the day but a few hours of feeling like what is going to be next for me who am i what is life like those types of you know thoughts that are just, you know, almost humorous and light, but also really deep of like, what's going on? I've never been in this position before. And what I come back to at times when something unexpected has happened, something that I didn't want to happen. The book, The Power of Now is to me one of the most powerful books. Have you read it? Yes, many times. Oh my gosh. I still reference it to this day and I read it maybe three years ago. So Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now is always what gets me through really tough times in life. So that book, what it, basically the essence of it is anything that happens to you, accept it as though you have chosen it yourself. Mm -hmm. And that way it will begin to work for you and not against you. 
So there's a lot of other stuff within that. And I might, you know, pepper it in through our conversation today, but that was the part that I immediately zeroed in on as I said, okay, this has happened to me. How can I get this to work for me and not against me? And although that day so much was going on that I couldn't really put into words what that was, I kind of really had an epiphany of some sort um, where what I now have all, just like I said, I now have all the time in the world to find out who I am, what I want, and even reposition myself for an opportunity that isn't exactly in my wheelhouse right now. So to give a very clear example, I love to write. And at that time, nobody knew that about me. Nobody knew that I loved to write. I started writing a book at that, you know, a few months before. So that, uh, this past January, every morning I would wake up and I would write for 30 minutes at least before work, because I, you know, it's a self-help book that I since have put on pause, but here I am writing this book and no one knows about it because I'm so associated with a certain identity. I don't feel like I can start a blog. And this is why I love being a life coach now is because that's so not true. (laughs) Anybody can be whoever they want to be. We just have to get, we have to work through that. But here was an opportunity where I could start a blog. I could be anybody I want to be. I could really embrace that identity that I want to take on and who I really am and not have to see somebody, not have to see anybody or hear what anybody has to say about it for a very long time. And so in those 24 hours, which I know is a very quick recovery from being let go, uh, I decided I was going to start a blog that is focused on mindfulness, wellness, and self-improvement advice. And that's exactly what I did. The next day I bought my blog domain, I bought, uh, I didn't buy, but I just got an Instagram handle and I just started creating content in that space because that is what made me happy and allowed me to start really getting myself out there as the person that I am and that I want everybody to know me as. I think that is so good. So much of what you said. The first thing is, I truly believe that life happens for us and not to us. Oh and my gosh. When yeah. you're in the moment, as, as I was, yeah. my own home burned to the ground a handful of years ago. When you're in that moment, it's hard to say, okay, that is happening for me. Yes. <laughs> to watch your own, everything you've created over the you know previous years of your life, basically going up in flames and to stand in that space and allow yourself to embrace that for some reason there's benefit there's a gift in that Mm -hmm. thing going on right now so i like that advice very much i love the power of now it's a super book i'm curious who you discovered you were authentically as you were able to ask and answer that question and really start to sort through who genie was really Mm-hmm. I am somebody who is so passionate about helping others identify what it is they want, helping them recognize what is keeping them from getting there. And it's usually just limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and then having somebody and then getting them, motivating them and providing accountability to go after it. And I know that that just sounds like I'm selling my coaching services, but I have been that person for years. I just haven't 
showed it is what I will say. I've showed it to my employees. Like they were probably not shocked at all when I did, when I started doing this, but did my friends necessarily see this coming? To be honest, they didn't. Like they don't, I, this is how life goes. It's like, we have, we feel like we have to morph into a certain person that matches the people that were around. And that's, difficult it's challenging to to break through at at some point and i i even as what you were saying kind of made me think about how i didn't know immediately that this has happened to me for or for me for a reason it, I think, again, I accepted it as though I chose it myself. And I said, I now have time. I'm going to start blogging. I've been wanting to start a blog for years. I can get my writing out there. People can see that I'm a strong writer. I'll be able to help others through my blog. It took me a few months and I, and tears, like the book, it was, at, I love to read. I love to read this, these types of books, obviously. Um, and a friend recommended The Alchemist to me. Have you read The Alchemist? Several <laughs> so times. <laughs> so I opened the alchemist and the prologue is about, I couldn't even tell you what it's about right now, but I generally it's about like following your heart, following your personal legend and like looking for your treasure. And it's even, it uses those metaphors. So it didn't say like, follow what you want to do in your life. No, it's just these metaphors. But I read the prologue and I started bawling. Like I was sobbing because what I was called to do was make a career out of this. It was to, it, to start monetizing the coaching that I'm giving people already and what I've been doing for years. I felt so phony going on networking meetings for the last few months at that point to try to find my next job when all I wanted was to not stop providing help to people who need it. And it was in that moment where I was crying and holding the alchemist. And when I recognized all of this has happened for this reason, it was that moment when so much I felt like in that time, I actually posted about this, uh, this morning on my Instagram is I said, you know, there, there have been points throughout losing my job and starting this business that I feel like so much goodness has come to me very easily. So I'm not saying like sales come easily or, you know, business ownership is easy. Goodness has come to me, has come to me. It's been very prevalent in the last six or seven months when I've needed it almost more than ever. And I feel like George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life, <laughs> where like you put all this good stuff out there for years and, but you don't feel like it's anything. You're just being yourself when someone calls you and says they need you. And once, you know, all of a sudden stuff really started coming my way and falling into place. And then here's this book and I read the prologue and I start crying. And it's because I, the universe in that moment was saying, we are handing you all of this good stuff for, for a reason. And we want, like me as the universe wants you to become it. So why are you trying so hard not to? Well, and it's that's as, really how it was. like an alchemist, the, the guy, the, the main character in the story, I, I call it a fable. He was sitting on his treasure. 
His treasure was there all along. That's kind of the essence of the story, right? He goes through this long, drawn out, challenging path to get to what he thought he was looking for. And all of a sudden, someone said, just stand up and open the lid of the box you're sitting on. It's right there. So I just got goosebumps. Yeah, the metaphorically, that's, it's, it's all there within us if we just stop long enough to realize that. I'm curious, given that a lot of your friends and associates didn't know this side of you, how have, if at all, your relationships changed as a result of going through this? It's been so interesting, Nanny, because some people, I mean, I would say, okay, Above everything else, it has been really rewarding to build almost deeper relationships with people that didn't know that I am so into this space. So it's like people know that I love helping others and that I'm, you know, a talented leader because of my resume. But did they know that meditation is a big part of my life? No. Did they know that affirmations are what truly have like changed my my life and have brought me a lot of riches is what I'll say in general. Um, no. And to be able to put that out there, it has been really rewarding to see other people who I have known for a good amount of time connect with me and say, oh my gosh, I also love meditation. How have we not talked about this before? And so out of all of it, like it's been really rewarding to, to put this, I keep saying like good stuff out there, but to put out there who I am, what I'm about and how I can help, like the different ways in which people can help themselves and to have cl- like closer relationships from people who I likely would not have had otherwise, like this has bonded us. Then I have other people in my life. And this is, you know, the unfortunate part of it is is it's challenging sometimes for certain people to see you be the fullest the fullest version of yourself and they almost don't know what to do with it and i think you know what i'm what i'm saying and it's hard to even put into words because i have relationships i have friendships for you know i'm 31 years old i'll be 32 next month and i have relationships that i've had since i was 10 years old that are having a tough time almost seeing me decide to be all in on having a social media presence, blogging, and, you know, almost, it's like you have to promote yourself. Right. And I have had conversations with people where they have said, like, it just is a lot. And it's like, and here's how, how I feel. Everyone who's listening, it, I don't care because it's me. Right. And if they are having a hard time with it, usually it's because it's, it's had something to do with them and nothing to do with you. And we could talk about that or we don't have to, but, um, that has been, you know, challenging, but at the same time, I'm just being me for the first time, I guess. It's like, I haven't been fake or anything, but it's like, I'm finally really embracing what I want to do and who I am. And I will not apologize for that. I, uh, I went through a similar transition in my life years ago. My home burned to the ground. The 12-year relationship that I was in was going up in flames. My dad died. And a company that I was a founder in was in a major lawsuit all at the same time. Wow. 
And after all the dust settled from all of that, I um, mo moved into my new home that I was very fortunate to reconstruct. And I moved in with absolutely nothing but an air mattress because I had some challenges with a flooring vendor. And I blew up my air mattress and my dog pork chop jumped up on the bed next to me and I leaned over and I put my elbows on my knees and I said, Annie, you must get your life together. And I lived like that for a year on purpose. I didn't bring a TV in the house. I didn't bring anything that could distract me from going through and grinding through that very painful and vulnerable time in my life. And at the end of it, I came up with these 10 lines in the sand. My very first line, and it's the foundation that all the rest of the nine are built upon is be authentic. Mm -hmm. And when one is authentic, one does not apologize for showing up as their true essence, as who they genuinely are in the world. And that can be intimidating to folks that aren't used to that or haven't evolved to that place in them, their own selves. And so I think we have to give them the space they need to embrace it, or maybe they won't. They're just not ready yet, and they will get there at some point in time or they may never but we have to give them the room to stay in their lane and allow ourselves to stay in ours and that way we won't bang into each other as we're down this highway of life right <laughs> absolutely and it's um oh gosh what book have i recently read it and i don't remember right now but um there's something that happens when you're in the room with somebody who is so totally themselves. It might be untamed that I'm, that I just recently read it in, but, um, and for people who aren't being themselves, it's very difficult for them to embrace that other person. And, you know, and it has nothing to, again, it's like, it, none of this is good, bad, whatever. It's just like how people process things. And they're, but it's such a beautiful thing to feel like you can be yourself. But they say like when somebody becomes, when someone takes action on something and really embraces who they are and puts themselves out there, it's challenging for other people because they've made a whole life of making cases for why they can't do that right. and why they can't, you know, be a certain person or put themselves out there in whatever way. And, and that's, that would be challenging. I mean, if I was still sitting here without what, the platforms that I have created and how I've helped people and, and how rewarding that's been and someone else is out there doing it, I would kind of hate that. Like, you know, it's like Jensen Chiro of You Are a Badass. I just, she's my favorite author. Um, her books are fantastic. And when I read You Are a Badass, it, it, it was also life-changing. And at the same time, I hated it because I thought I could do this, yeah. but I'm not, but I wasn't doing it. So I can't hate on her because I'm saying I could do it, but I'm not doing it. That's not fair. Right. However, that's usually what's going on with somebody else. If they're having a hard time with someone's authenticity, it's because they have made some sort of case for why they can't go after it themselves. And that has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them. And I still have a friend who hasn't acknowledged my business and you know, I, that's, it's a bummer that that is the case, but we're not, I mean, th that's happened. Yeah, and, and we'll see how that plays out. I would like to now kind of shift over. Yes. You spent nine years and the <laughs> large part of that nine years, you were helping young folks create, essentially create their own businesses. Yeah. And you have now created your own business. So we have two, two things we can talk about here. You, um, you had so much experience in, in coaching others how to do that. 
how did you cross that bridge for yourself and say, okay, I, I've taught people for nine years how to do this. Why is it so difficult to teach myself how to do this? And how yeah. did you bridge that gap so you could get over the hump? You would have thought that I would make that connection sooner and I didn't. Like, So yes, I spent uh, six or seven of the nine years coaching financial advisors on starting their small businesses. And these are people who didn't come from finance background. So not only do they have to learn the education of it, like the products and what they're selling and all of that, but they also needed to learn how to sell usually, what it is like to ask for a referral and how to obtain referrals and how to make sure that you're communicating your ideal client the right way. And when you pick up the phone and call someone, what you're saying. So I was helping people with that for years. And at the time that I decided to start my own business, I wasn't sitting there thinking, I've been doing this for years. I more so thought I can do this because it's me. I'm not trying to be anybody I'm not. And I think once it going back to that, and I know we're trying to get away from that, but when you are you and you start a business, this every piece of content comes to you naturally, right. which made that alone gave that alone gave me confidence to know that this will take off because it's so authentically a part of me, it can't, it can't not. So that's where my faith mostly came from. It was upon starting to coach my clients that I recognized, oh my gosh, I've done this before. And I say that because I, you know, I just started coaching anybody I could possibly coach because I wanted to make sure that I was offering a good product, uh, that my clients got results. And maybe 60, 70% of my clients at the time uh, were bringing to me that they wanted to start businesses of their own or they already had small businesses and they were trying to figure out how to make it more profitable. And it was through those conversations where it was so natural to navigate and to identify what was going on and to come up with an action plan for them that I realized oh my gosh, this is my niche and I've done this before. And that's how I started That's how I started moving with and running with helping other women start their small businesses because they were attracted to seeing me start my business fearlessly. Uh, yet at the same time, I also knew exactly, like I want to say exactly what I was doing with every conversation I hopped on. Well, you had great clarity and that's the other thing I'd like our listeners to understand. You were laid off in early April. You started your company in on July 1st. And we are, I, I hate to say we're only, we are in November now. So you've only been in business four or five months really. And the reason I bring that up is I want our listeners to appreciate that this doesn't have to take a long time. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of getting a lot of clarity and putting yourself into a, a, a mode of commitment and you start by starting. You start by starting, Annie. Yes, that's right? how you start. <laughs> yes, and so many people don't get that, don't take that first step. And yes. Then, and then you pick up the, the other foot and you take the step again. Oh. It's that one step at a time. And so I really want, to, to the extent you can even emphasize more that what I just said, I want our listeners to know and appreciate that, as you said, anything is possible if we allow it to be oftentimes we're our own worst enemy and the 
the best thing to do is start. Are you gonna make mistakes? Yes, I have made copious amounts of mistakes in my entrepreneurial career. Guess what? Every single one of those mistakes has led me to the next best thing in my life because I learned from it. So yeah. I embrace those mistakes. I look at those. My, my definition of failure is, this is an opportunity to learn and this is an opportunity for possibility instead yeah. of, oh my gosh, and you, you kind of throw the towel in. So I really want to express to the folks listening today this, that many of you, having gone through the last seven or eight months with everybody else in the world, might have felt a lot of emotion around, you weren't in the right place to begin with, you want to change, you would like to go do what your heart desires, you're just not exactly sure how to do it. I'm introducing you to Jeannie today, who, especially in the space of women who want to start a business, she's the coach. She yeah. can coach you through this and walk you through her own experience of don't, going through it herself personally, but also the six or seven years prior that she helped a lot of people establish these very fundamental steps in creating a business that was successful and that could be fulfilling to them. Yes, absolutely. And just like the start by starting is, I mean, it's that's what it is you might not you won't know what you're doing like if you think I've known what I was doing for the last five plus months because again I, I got like off in control I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I mentioned that one time I put it on like my Instagram or LinkedIn or all my platforms but I said like you've got like everybody nobody knows what we're doing <laughs> And I, I laugh about that because I talk to people like you and here I am like when I when we first met I thought whoa this person they got their shit together like the, and it's awesome and then they that's how, what it always comes back to so for every person listening every person I have connected with for the last seven months in this realm are people that keep coming back to, I still don't know what I'm doing. I just know that I love it. I'm making moves and it's working. And that's what you have to, you have to, you have to feel it. You gotta sit in that. Right, and here's what I know for sure, because I do coaching on, you know, um, creating a life that you love. And what I know for sure is that authenticity and your genuineness expressed in that way buys you a lot of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Every video I do is not perfect. It just isn't. And I, when I, especially I go back and look at some of the early ones, it's almost embarrassing. You go, oh my gosh, yep. <laughs> I've, I've hopefully come a long way since then. Every blog I write isn't perfect, but I think people appreciate watching someone who is endeavoring to be authentic in their service to others. Yeah. And they'll embrace that versus kind of the snake oil salesman. And you can tell that people can tell that we have a good, yeah. most people have a good gut for that. So whoever's out there that's kind of maybe has one foot on the edge of the pool and wants to dip a toe in to test the waters, you gotta, you just do it, right? You just do it. And to to tell you how I got here in just a few sentences, yeah. it was because I started blogging the day after I was let go. Did I know what I was doing? No. Did I know it was going to lead me to starting a business? No. All I knew is it felt like the first thing that I was doing for me 
and it was something I had wanted to do. So I didn't overthink it. I just thought I'm going to start writing and blogging. This will be a great opportunity for me to fill my time as I job search. This is what went through my head. This will be a great chance for me to be putting my writing in front of employers. They'll be able to see that I've been productive over the course of my unemployment. And it's what I've been wanting to do for forever anyways. Right. So I, I started with that and it led me to a place of recognizing I do, like it felt like a calling, it is a calling where I needed to make it a profession. Like I needed to stop trying so hard to get a job because that was being inauthentic. But I would not have gotten to this place without starting. And I think that's the best part of this. And my business, I, it's my, one of my best friends just texted me and said, your business has taken off. It's so cool. And I said, I don't really feel like it's taken off, but I've had some wins, which has been really rewarding. And I have paid clients and, you know, and they've had results, but I am just six months ahead of you. Whoever is listening, I am six months ahead of you. And the only thing I have done differently is I started. Exactly. And that I think is the coolest part about starting a business is you can be anybody that you want to be and do whatever you want to do. You just have to tell yourself that you could, you just, there's no other way. There's no other option. You just got to decide I'm doing this. And then six months later, you're going to be potentially on Annie's podcast, which is just, it's great. Yeah. I'd love, and I'd love to have every single one of you. <laughs> exactly. Because that means people are, they've taken action, right? They've taken action. They've changed their life. They have pivoted in ways that are absolutely possible possible. And I, I tell my clients that like, if you want to pivot, call me because I want to help you pivot because we are, I was so, I felt so stuck as a recruiting manager, like because that was my job essentially, like I got into recruiting the day after I graduated college, I have to be this for the rest of my life. No, but I did feel that way. And I, and I changed it and I'm so, so grateful. And I think it's, it's important to remember and to remind ourselves that I, I love and appreciate everyday heroes. And I also appreciate and admire heroes that are would be probably identified or defined as more than everyday heroes. The Kobe Bryant's of the world, the Michael Jordan's of the world, the Oprah Winfrey's, you name it. We could go on forever with those people, but guess what? You go back and listen to any of their stories or research any of those people, they had to start too. Yeah. And it was just them deciding that yeah. they were going to, regardless of what the world brought them or what people said to them or the discouraging words they might've received or the roadblocks they ran into, they were so committed to pursuing their passion and being their best selves that nothing was going to stop them. Yeah, and that's special. Yeah. And that's, you, have to, you just have to do that. And when you are being true to you, you won't, like there are moments of course that I of doubt and whatever that will creep into my mind. But what weighs so much more than that is I am being me as I start this business. And because I will never stop being me, I will always have material for 
content and for client attraction and all of that because this is so part of who so so far part of who I am and so when you're following who you are you you can't fail like I just you if you let fears and doubts and what people have to say to you and all of that get to you you you'll be doomed because you just and that's what's beautiful about this pandemic if like it's okay to say that there are some positives to this pandemic but just not having to see people who aren't truly your friends uh, for a very long time, because right now we're prioritizing certain friends and certain family members, means the people that you are seeing should really be the ones that support you. And you can be whoever you want to be in that. And that is awesome. I agree. I think that this universal timeout was necessary for us. It was disruptive and it was necessary because at the very beginning of it, I was talking to folks and I said, Here's what we get to do. We now have the opportunity. I don't know how long it's going to last, but we have the opportunity to decide who we are going to be on the other side of this. You're going to walk into this a different person, hopefully, than you walk out of it. And you get to determine that. And when in the history of your life, again, hopefully never, but again, will you have that amount of time to sort this all out? without distraction for the most part from yes. physically needing to be in the rat race. Yes. And also like if in if you are let go, please know I feel that and I feel how like awful that experience is. But at the same time, ask yourself, if you have chosen this yourself, how can this work for you and not against you? And and don't fight it. Right. Don't fight, you know, that you have to get another job right away. It's like even when I say that a lot of goodness was brought my way, even that just extra $600 that was brought each week, you know, in the beginning, I don't remember what it's called, like the stimulus or whatever, but um, to the unemployment, uh, to the unemployment benefit was like a little bit of a George Bailey moment where I thought, whoa, not only do I get unemployment, but I get a little bit extra mm-hmm. and I get to sit here and think about who I want to be next. And that's why for people who are unemployed, it, I know that their everyone's circumstances are challenging. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I do have a mortgage and there are mortgage assistance programs out there. And it just, it's the first time where I could, I had a chance to, to ask, to not have to rush into another job right away right. and to listen to myself and not fight what I wanted to be. I like it. I, I want to cover a couple more things and then get back to how people can get in touch if, if they're interested in, in uh, having some coaching from you. Tell me about your book. Are you still writing or has that been put on hold? Where are we with the self-help book? It's been put on hold. I'm glad that you asked that because it's a part of my heart, but I have not opened that up since I have started blogging. And it's because I this unemployment piece was is a part of my book. Like, I was not unemployed, but I didn't lose my job before that book started being developed. And I, once all that happened, I thought, whoa, not, I've now have a totally different angle for it. So um, I will probably pick up writing for a book back up in a couple of years, but I don't, it just, everything happens for a reason and yeah. it, it needs to be put on pause because I write every day. I write content, I write blogs. And so it's, it's almost even better because now I'm not hiding behind, I'm not hiding my writing. It's out there and I write every day. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, Write the book. And anybody out there who has a book, start by starting. Write 10 minutes a day. Write during your lunch hour. Write 
right, 10 minutes before you go to bed at night. I've, I am an author. I did write a book and it is certainly not for the lighthearted. However, it, it is a commitment that you do make one step at a time. And the, on the other side of it, I tell people, if my book helps only one person on this planet, just one, feel better or do yeah. something that they were afraid to do or change their life in some way for the positive, then I will feel like it was worth every amount of turmoil yeah. <laughs> that I went to to get it done. So if you have a book and you write it, okay, I know that people are going to be interested in getting in touch with you, Jeannie, after they listen to this. You have a website. I will put this in the show notes. Awesome. Is there any offers you are making? You have a 15-minute kind of complimentary consultation conversation. Do you have anything to offer our listeners? Yes, absolutely. So free consultations for sure. They're 30 minutes. They can be over the phone or, you know, via Zoom or um, Google Meets or whatever I end up using. But uh, free consultations for sure. It's the best way for me to connect with you and really understand how you're feeling stuck, um, how coaching can benefit that. I want to hear how you feel coaching can, can help you get through it. And I will share with you uh, as well, if I feel coaching would be beneficial for you because I don't want anybody signing up for a session before I'm able to meet with them. And we uncover that they actually hardly even need coaching. So it's a great opportunity for us to connect. So free, free consultations, um, please go to my website. It's genieandreason.com. Unfortunately, I was not blessed with an easy name to spell. So it's genie, like I dream of genie. <laughs> uh, and then Andreessen is A-N-D-R-E-S-E-N. -E um, and hopefully you'll find me, but if not, look at any show notes. Yeah, I, I will put it in the show notes for sure. I'll put your YouTube uh, link. I will put your LinkedIn connection as well as your Instagram and certainly your website. And anybody out there listening regardless of what you're doing in your life if i were you i would jump on the website and get signed up for your complimentary this is free 30 minutes of time with somebody who's been through exactly probably what you're getting ready to go through or want to go through in your own life so take advantage of this beautifully generous free opportunity to spend 30 minutes of your time with Jeannie. Anything else, Janie? Any last words of wisdom for our listeners? Um, be you, be authentically you. And if you're having a tough time doing that, then call me and I'll help you get there. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I learned a lot. I think you gave us a lot of great information, a lot of inspiration, a lot of motivation. And so all you guys and gals, let's get on it. Get in touch with Jeannie. And we will talk with you again soon. Take good awesome. care. Awesome. Thank you, Annie. Thank you. That's a wrap on this episode of the Badass Soul Seeking Warrior podcast, where we focus on creating a life that we love. And until we meet again, stay true and be you.